Romo holds. 19-yard field goal attempt. Oh, it is fumbled by Romo, and then Romo's going to run to the end zone, and he's going to get tackled by Jordan Babineau. It's off the wall. One run scores. Here comes Berkman. Prescott keeps it. Prescott lunges for the end zone. Touchdown, Dallas. He took the cheese. Prescott kept it. And what about this effort? Pressure from Vernon. Spins away. Looking. Throwing. Going. End zone. All hype. We got it, baby. Welcome, y'all, to the All Hype Sports Podcast. Today, I've got a major emergency podcast talking shit about Mike Leach. I'm out on him. I've been out on him since we started, since he was hired. I said we should fire him. Day one hater right here, and I'm going to tell you why I'm right. Coming up. All right, y'all. So this week, if y'all didn't see... Mississippi State got clapped by LSU. Score was 28-25. Scoreboard says that it was close, but no fucking way that game was ever close. So let me start off with a couple stats from the game, and I'll see if I can share this screen real quick. So I'll preface this with a quick, with a quick little thing. I'm going to say that, no matter what happens, I'm going to still get sunburns at every Mississippi State game. Still going to get blisters from the damn cowbells. Still going to root for them on Saturdays. I'm going to watch every game. I'm going to get drunk in the junction. And I'm going to enjoy <laughs> every fucking bit of football I can while I'm here at Mississippi State. That, that's just fact. That's just how it's going to be. I was there when we lost to South Alabama. I'll be there when we lose to LSU by three points. I don't care. I'll be there. That being said, this week was a fucking travesty. LSU was not a good football program, especially not this season. We let a fucking grocery bagger, Max Johnson, come out and sling four touchdowns on us. I said, we are the fucking air raid offense. We averaged six yards per pass. This motherfucking grocery bagger averaged 10.4. His QBR was 85.2. Our QBR was 73.2. That's dog shit. There's no reason why we'd have a worse passer, though for barely more yards, less yards per pass, less touchdowns. It doesn't, and the same number of interceptions, bro. Like, it doesn't make sense. That's it. And I know the same fucking people come out every fucking week. This is what drives me nuts. The Mississippi State fan base just comes out of the woodworks. Well, if we make the field goal, we'd be tied with all the momentum. (laughs) Oh, well, Malik Keith got attacked on the goal line, and it wasn't called pass interference. Oh, but if we had gotten that onside, we would have come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I hear those people. But I'm just saying, we we look like the same fucking team this year as we did last year when we won three football games. And it's mind-boggling that our fucking team, our fan base, is cool with it. Like, we just watched this, and we're cool with sucking. 
we're cool just not playing good football. And like the same, it's the same group that was mad at Joe Moorhead because, oh, well, all those penalties will go away if we hire a disciplinarian. We got the same fucking penalties. We're getting the same holding calls. We're getting the same false starts. We're getting the same shit. That, oh, but we'll button things up. We'll stop fumbling the ball and we'll stop throwing interceptions if we just hire a disciplinarian. He'll get the team going. We had two turnovers. We've got to be the worst turnover team in the nation, at least in the SEC. We've got to be the worst. And we nobody stops the Mississippi State offense as good as the Mississippi State offense can stop itself. Nobody. We'll be moving down the field and we'll just put the ball on the ground. Like we just don't want it. We're allergic to playing football sometimes. So for the third time in four weeks, we have been down by at least two scores. In the first week, we were down by three scores. This week, we were down by three scores again. And in the Memphis game, we were down by two scores as well. The fact that we fall behind by so much is a failure of the coaches to get the team awake for the game. That's just, that's just obvious. The fact that you can't make your coaching points more compelling than your fat little girlfriends to quote Mike Leach. This motherfucker cannot even get his team awake for LSU. Like you didn't think they were coming for us. We, we set the record for sec passing on a opponent last year against LSU. You don't think they were coming. You don't think they woke up for the game. You don't think that they got up at, you know, eight o'clock that morning and thought, I want to beat the shit out of the Bulldogs. And our team woke up like, that's a really nice morning. <laughs> Pick some wildflowers. We weren't even ready to play football until the third quarter. So, oh, fuck. And then the, the <laughs> clock management. So, <laughs> the clock management of Mississippi State was dog shit. You get the ball back with a minute left in the half and two timeouts. And you run the ball twice, throw two inside slants, and then go to halftime without calling a single timeout. Who the fuck does that? Who the fuck throws away a minute of football? And then in the fourth quarter, when still down by two scores, we take three and a half minutes to go down the field. Three and a half minutes. We don't even run the hurry up. We don't try to go no huddle. We don't try to call some timeouts, go out of bounds. We don't try to stop the clock at all. And we just go, oh, well, why did we run out of time? Well, maybe if we spent a minute and a half going down the field instead of three and a half minutes, we'd have been more successful. And then in the first half, again, a minute and you're down seven to three and you don't even try to go put three points up. You only have to go 30 or 40 yards. I mean, you should have a kicker in the SEC that can hit at least a 35-yard field goal. And the fact that we don't even try to make it to the 30 or the 20, and we just accept that we're not going to be able to do it and go to halftime, it's just, that's an atrocity. And here's where it gets good. You should at least go for it. Oh, fuck it. I, I, at least throw one deep ball. That's yeah. what drives me nuts. Why are you throwing only five-yard slants? Go deep. Why are you handing the ball off? Go deep. You have a quarterback who has a 70% completion percentage over 20 yards. Talk to him before he goes out there. Hey, look here. Go deep. You're good at that. You are actually good at throing the deep ball. But instead, we just 
we just let it occur. We just let ourselves go into halftime. Like, like we don't even want to score. We say, oh, it's fine. Oh, yeah, losing is cool. It's, it's okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> but again, let, let, don't say I don't listen to the people. Don't say I don't listen to the people. I hear the crowd. Oh, well, all Mike Leach does is win. All he does is win. No, he does not. He does not win. Oh, but COVID messed up his offseason. Let me tell you what. Uh, COVID, COVID, he's just, you know, it's just been really hard. Oh, it, I say good coaches, <laughs> good coaches play to their system. Great coaches make adaptations. They change their system. They adapt to their circumstances. Nick Saban, this motherfucker started in the wishbone. He started calling defenses against the wishbone, went into the, the spread, the power run, the West Coast. I mean, he's called defenses for all these systems. He's always adapting. And, you know, but he's the air raid guy. He's, he does the air raid stuff. Remember air raid sirens? He, he clicked the button at the press conference. Yeah, I hear you. <clears throat> but in the same time, Sam Pittman gets hired at Arkansas, and those guys are 4-0. Lane Kiffin gets hired at Ole Miss. They're 3-0. Both teams are in the top 15. Yeah, Sam Pittman has his team. go. They went from unable to win in the SEC for two years to being undefeated and with a top 10 victory i can't remember the last time oh wait the last time we got a top 10 victory was i think um the when the number four aggies rolled in on a year that we were a three-win football team south alabama year actually i think that was the last time we beat a top 10 opponent so we come into the covid season he makes no no attempts to adapt Look, hey, maybe getting into the air raid system would be harder than you thought. So, you know, we have two four-star running backs, Jaquavius Marks and I believe his name's Dylan Johnson. Two four-star running backs. You don't think, hey, maybe let, let, let me run the ball a little bit. Let me just, you know, we'll work in the air raid a little bit, but let's run the ball. Oh, but he's the air raid guy. Maybe he shouldn't be. Maybe he should adapt to the fact that the SEC defenses are really good. And maybe that's why we watched him get waxed for an entire season. A four-win football team. And the only reason we got a bowl win was because we played Tulsa. If we played any half-a-shit opponent, we would have been blown out. If we had played, you know, if we played NC State last season, they wax us all day long. And yet, because we get Tulsa, we get a bowl victory, and we're happy. We're content. It was dog shit. But, let, you know, I listen to the announcers, too. The announcers say the come-up's coming. Oh, well, in his third year, blah, blah, blah. All you got to do is wait till the third or fourth year. That's when it really happens. Well, again, I hear the crowd. All he does is win. All he does is pull victories. <clears throat> first things first, his overall win percentage is 59.4%. It's not all he does. It's not like Nick Saban. Nick Saban's in the 80s. 
Nick Saban, yeah. all he does is that motherfucker wins. Okay, he just does. Thanks. Leach is overall strength of schedule through his twenty-one year illustrious career. All his average strength of schedule is three point two three. That factors in his two highest seasons of his two his two highest strength of schedule seasons, which both came at Mississippi State. Um, even though I said, uh, <clears throat> sorry, start back over is, uh, his strength of schedule at Texas tech 2.28. He only averaged 8.4 wins. And now he has an average strength of schedule of 8.00. And we think he's going to perform better than 8.4 wins. 8.4 wins is our average average at our peak. That's how we performed when we had the number one defense, when we had a top offense, when we had Dak Prescott, when we had Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat, and you can go down the list of top-notch NFL talent, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay. I mean, you name these top-name players, these, like, brand players, these all-pro NFL linemen, these all-pro quarterbacks, these all-pro safeties, they came through here. And we could only average eight to 10 wins. And yet now, Mike Leach, whose best seasons came at Texas Tech, and he only had a strength of schedule of 2.28, and he could only get to 8.5 wins. And now we think with an eight strength of schedule, he's going to do better. When, when he was at Washington State, his average was 3.22 strength of schedule and he could only get 6.88 wins now it seems like there's a direct correlation between the strength of schedule going up and his wins going down they're they're inverse why do i think that if i double his strength of schedule he's gonna what double our win total we just fired a coach for going eight and four and six and six i don't think jomo would be doing that great but that motherfucker had us in a bowl game both years he had us with like a top five defense one year, and we looked okay the second year until our linebacker punched out our quarterback. And we won the Egg Bowl both years. We won our chief rivalry game both years. Unless we forget that that motherfucker, Mike Leach, has only beat his rivals three times. In 20 years, three times. That's he is horrible. Three, he is three and 17 against his chief rivals. That being Texas at, when he was at Texas Tech, Washington when he was at Washington State, and Ole Miss when he was at Mississippi State. When he is at his, these schools, he is incapable of defeating his rivals. One of those came on Michael Crabtree's crazy ass catch in Lubbock. Another one. I don't know, it was his first year at Washington State, and they probably weren't ready for the air raid. And so he catches Washington slipping. But never again does he catch Washington slip. And at Mississippi State, he has yet to even scratch Ole Miss. He lost to him last year. I don't think we're beating him this year. That's it. But then I'm going to dig in a little more. He's had <laughs> two 11-win two seasons. His strength of schedule at one of them, guess what it was? 
a 3.00. Guess what his second 11-win season came with a strength of schedule of? 0.04. Dog shit. I mean, you're basically just playing the B teams of some of these. I was about to say, who are they playing? High schools? That's the Pac-12 was god awful that year, and your out of conference competition is god awful too. And guess what? He still fucking lost to Washington. And in both those years, 2008, he lost the Cotton Bowl. 2018, I got an Alamo Bowl win. Good for him. But that's, I mean, this guy doesn't win. He just happens to get lucky because the strength of competition is not that high. I mean, I look at his, his career, he barely has any seasons over six. When when is he ever going to get below seven in the SEC? I, I just I don't get where he think like where we think that he was going to all of a sudden just oh yeah I've got to start playing uh yeah I've I've, I've got to start playing better I'm gonna start calling a better game. <clears throat> He's never been a national championship coach. He's never coached in a national championship. Never won anything, and yet we think he's going to take us to the next level. And another part of the frustration comes from the fact that we are trapped with this motherfucker. I have to watch him suck for the next two years at least. We have the least attractive Power 5 coaching position in the entire country. We just fired a coach who was successful for two years, and we fired him. Bring in this guy. We can't fire him now. He's locked in. He knows that he's got job security because if we fire him now, we'll never get an up-and-comer. We'll never get a top uh, coordinator to leave their jobs and come here because we'll just fire them again. Like We think that we're going to do any better than we're doing now when we lose Zach Arnett, who's arguably the best defensive coordinator in the conference, and then we're not going to be able to pick up any talent because they don't want to be here. Then... On top of that, since we'll be a bottom feeder fucking team for the next decade, our recruiting will be shit. And then we're going to add OU and Texas to teams that we have to recruit against. We're going to add the fact that we have two big money teams that are joining the conference. Like I say here, we're going to be trying to recruit quarterbacks while also OU tries to get the same quarterbacks. We're going to try to get wide receivers when Texas is getting the same wide receivers. We're trying to get linebackers when Georgia's trying to get the same linebackers and defensive backs when Alabama's trying to get the same defensive backs. We don't have any money. We don't have any success going our way. And yet we think that it's going to get easier for us. We think that we're just going to turn the boat around. Uh, Ole Miss is about to land Arch Manning next year. I mean, we think he's going to get. Yeah, his family's an Ole Miss family. I know that. So I just. I don't see, especially if Matt Corral wins the Heisman and they remain in like the eight and four to nine and three range, there's no way that he doesn't select Ole Miss. At least they're a winning franchise. And now you look at us. And you guys got to recruit, like when you said quarterbacks against OU, like, I mean, quarterback, they've produced so many Heismans the last like five years. Yeah. And they all go to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you could say, goes for either Alabama or Ole Miss, but Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Spencer Rattler will be there. 
Yeah. He might not be as highly ranked and recruited. He may not be as good in the NFL. He'll likely be a backup, but, you know, that's what we're looking at is I'm looking at a team whose trajectory is downward, and you have fans that say, oh, yeah, it'll just get better. It'll get better when? We have two four-star running backs. We have a four-star wide receiver on the outside. We have two three-star wide receivers. That's okay. We have a three-star quarterback. We have like we have an amazing defense. An amazing defense. And we're just gonna let it waste. I say we're not making the adjustments that we need to make. The SEC is not for 50 passes and 60 passes a game. The SEC is to power run that motherfucker and throw it when you need to. It's always been that way. I say Georgia, I told you this the other a couple weeks ago. So Georgia is number two right now. Why? Because they were number one in recruiting a couple of years ago. Mississippi State is constantly in the 20 to 25 range. The skill disparity is there. We don't have the skill. And yet no. when, you, when you're not even competitive against these teams, is the skill gap going to close? I don't want to be Vanderbilt. I don't want to be Missouri. Missouri celebrates the minute it gets a three-star recruit. Why would I want to even emulate them? Why do yeah. I want to be Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt couldn't get a kicker on their roster last year. And now I'm supposed to think that that's going to be – that's an ideal situation. Oh, yeah, we'll just change the way we play football. Yeah, because it's worked well for any of the other teams who have tried. Any other team who tries the let's just change how they play football strategy gets fucking clapped. And yet here we are. We're going to do it. We're going to be the ones. With what? With what? Our, our magic what? And I, I was talking about this with somebody else. They said, oh, well, the running backs, you know, I said, we got two four-star running backs. The fact that we're not running is perplexing to me. I say, go downhill and just smash that shit. You know, smash the rock. Wear out these yeah. linemen. And they said, oh, but the the, core, the, the running backs, they're, they're averaging, you know, seven yards a catch. No, they're not. No, they're not. The stats might say they're averaging 7.4 yards a catch. That's true, statistically. But, yeah, I watched Jaquavius Marks catch eight balls within the front seven and get crushed at two yards. He has no blockers and no momentum, and he gets clapped at the line of scrimmage. And then at the end of the game, they dump a little screen pass off or a little flat route to Jaquavius Marks, and he runs for 30-something yards, and it brings his average up. I said, that's really where his yards came from. But if I subtract that one big play from him, I'm watching this guy get crushed by the linebackers all game long. And Dylan Johnson, he had nine catches, average of 6.4 yards, and he ends with 58 yards. So same deal. I, can't, I see that guy get a little three-yard out route or an angle route all day long getting crushed by linebackers. These, both these motherfuckers limped off the field at one point or another. I don't want to watch my my running backs get crushed. I want them to have five blockers and be going downhill on somebody. Um, Like I said, you know, oh, well, see, they average seven yards. No, they don't. I'm sorry. It's just not the eye test. And then, let's see. This This is another part. Last little bit here. 
said we have six receivers this season that average over nine yards per reception. And yet we continue to compress the field by throwing these underneath routes for 45 minutes. We play like Dick for 45 minutes. And then we wonder why we're down by three scores. And at the end, like I said, we have a, we have a quarterback who's 70% throwing over 20 yards and at the very end of the game while getting fucking raped over the coals by whoever we're playing. We go, oh, yeah, now we'll just throw deep. Why the fuck are you not throwing it deep to open up the field all game long? Like, like why are you not throwing 25, 30-yard completions, at least sprinkle them throughout the game so that these safeties have to back the fuck out, and then you can dump it to your running back. Let him run for some yards after that. At least when you're not packing eight in the box and throwing these little five-yard out routes, every team is going to let you have these three- to five-yard routes. They're just going to allow it because they have linebackers that are, that are fast enough to get to the outside and get you. They have cornerbacks and safeties that are big enough to get those tackles. They're not worried about them. Now, if I go throw a 30-yard deep ball and this motherfucker has to run and it's one-on-one to the end zone, no coach in their right mind is not going to cover that play. No coach is ever going to go, oh, yeah, 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 stay in the box. No, that defensive coordinator is a bit – Hey, out of the box. These motherfuckers are crazy. They're throwing deep. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Like I said, the clock management doesn't make sense. The fucking the short yard game for 45 minutes. This fact that like we don't wake up until the fourth quarter when we're down by, you know, the score is like seven or like three to 21. And then we're like, oh, yeah, now, now let's play football. Why does it need to get to that point? Why does it need to be, you know, 10, uh, 28 to 10 before we realize that we need to score points? Like, we should be trying, like, we should be actively moving the ball throughout the fucking game. And yet, again, we wait till the end of the game and then we think, oh, yeah, yeah, now we'll try it. And now, now we'll do a comeback. Like, no, now that the game is out of hand, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'll sling the rock. It's, it's a failure of the coach to get into his quarterback's head and say, you can throw that deep ball. It's I would much rather my quarterback throw an interception throwing the deep ball than throw a pick six throwing an out route. Oh, yeah. And that's what this motherfucker does. He throws these pick sixes because he's throwing these stupid five-yard out routes. Last point. Officially last point. (laughs) And then I'll be done with this rant. I said, these... The, the announcers in the games continue to say, in the second year, Mike Leach gets his team to 34 points per game average. But guess what? We're still below 30 points. His magic 35 points per game number in his second year is still low. His third down efficiency is still below 50%. His fourth down efficiency still below 40, 40%. So we are the worst short large yardage team in the league or at least the conference that's it uh said uh sorry i'm just trying to think of where i'm at here so the mississippi state team still has fucking we still have five linemen that would make any nfl team you have charlie cross on one side who's probably arguably one of the best left tackles in the league you have one of the best receivers in the conference and you have two of the best running backs in the conference, and yet you'll let their careers slip away. When you have this level of talent and you watch their 
their uh, their stock drop consistently. When I have two four-star running backs who could easily get drafted in the third round, and they will likely either be drafted in the seventh or undrafted, and I have a top wide receiver who could go in the second or third round, and he will likely go in the sixth or seventh, and then I have a top left tackle who won't go until the sixth or seventh round, like Tyree Phillips. He went in the fifth round because we weren't successful that year. What is he now? He's the starter for Baltimore. You know, when I have top talent that is falling to the wayside because we can't string together wins, that's an issue. Because these guys, when they're picking a college, they're picking a place that will get them fucking money. They're doing this for dollars. They're not doing this for fun. They want to go make money. And so when they watch this team waste four-star talent and these four-star running backs are not in the league or they're nobodies in the league, like Kylan Hill, he's going to get pounded for three years because he got drafted in the seventh round to only make $500,000 a year. Versus if he had been drafted in the second round, he'd make $2 million a year. So that's that's $1.5 million a year that this guy has lost because he played for Mike Leach. His, his stock dropped. And I'm supposed to expect any recruit to watch that and go, yeah, I'd love to get fucking smashed for this team, get the fuck beat out of me, win no games. And yeah, I'll probably earn less money than I would have if I just went to Alabama. Why the fuck would they come here? I'd go be the third wide receiver on the Alabama team. I'll still get drafted in the first round. I'll go make a couple million dollars being a first round wide receiver. And life will be good for me. Why the fuck would I ever go here? Yeah. That's the end of my rant so far. What you got? Shit, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's even really anything to add. That was a very, very in-depth and calculated uh, little rant you had. An assault on Drop. my leech. Drop some, uh, drop some stats on his head. That's what you did. You took the air raid and threw it uh, and used it against Mike Leach. Hey, I gotta sling them bombs, you know. And it's gotta happen. You did, for sure. And my dog, I don't know. Can you hear that? No. Okay, good. I was sort of like bugging. I thought it was gonna be like able to be heard. Like, my dog's over here. She's, like, shivering or something, but she's like... I'm like, fuck, man. I can't have this shit on the pod. I know motherfuckers are going to be annoyed. Uh, Hey, hey, tell her right now we're eviscerating Mike Leach, okay? I don't need her interrupting. Yeah, sorry, Lily. We're we're trying to boss up on Mike Leach. I know you got big-time beef with him. So, uh, just... just You know, I was... I'll say I got one last little bit. This is this is not really like you know a big thing. Hey, I'll last like, thing on my side. Dogs don't like Mike Leach. All right. Hey, neither do the bulldogs, but whatever. Yeah. I'll say, like, if you like dogs and you care about dogs, you're not allowed to like Mike Leach. It's just how it goes. I'll say like our team looks equally as bad on the road as we do at home that was what I, like we had a game in memphis like, like two weeks ago that we lost that we should have been up by 30 and and that's as close to a home game away as you're gonna get 
because Memphis is only two hours away from the campus. That is as close to a home game as you are going to get if you're Mike Leach. And yet we still lose the game. We still play like shit. And then we come back to Davis Wade and we had 50,000 people in attendance at a noon game, which is nuts. And we still, we still play like shit. I say, how do you play that bad in front of your crowd? And Mississippi State is one of the best home field advantages. We just are. We're so much louder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so. Hey, you guys you know, got those annoying ass fucking bells, bro. They're not annoying, bro. They're awesome. But hey, you'll get one. Hey, you'll get one when you come for the Bama game. You'll see, bro. They're intoxicating. Other teams I, are just mad they don't have them. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think that's it. I don't. Yes, bro. Yes. But I'll say it like you have this amazing home field advantage and you just still suck. Like other teams, like you know how hard it is for them to communicate? Like it is so fucking loud. They can't even change the blocking schemes. You get free releases on the quarterback and yet you still suck. Yeah. Defense. I mean, the defense is so good, bro. Like they're holding these teams to like seven points zero points you know 10 points in the first half like they're holding these teams so well like they held nc state to three points until like the last five minutes of the game like they are holding these teams so well and they can only do it for so long like if you continually put your team in a disadvantage by continuing to have three and outs and turnovers and you know quick change situations you put your defense at a at a disadvantage that they don't deserve to be in. Like these motherfuckers are getting picks. They're fucking holding the other team back. They're, you know, they're keeping the other team. Hey, you're telling me you're this offensive guru and you can't score 10 points and a half? The fuck's that about? Very fair. We pay this man fifteen thousand dollars a day. He won't even yell at a ref. And then the the best the best thing he did on Saturday. He threw a fucking challenge flag on an obvious, uh, as, as an obviously correct call. Like the ball bounced at five yards. We got it at five yards. It needed to go 10. And he threw the challenge flag. So what the fuck are you doing? Like you fucking ding dong. Like that is one weird thing I'll say. Football and like baseball coaches never, or football and basketball coaches don't get ejected anywhere near as much as baseball coaches. That's oh, weird. bro, y- y'all say two fucking words to the ump and y'all get thrown out in baseball. Be, oh, bad call, ump, and be, you're out. <laughs> in football, I mean, you could cuss the fucking ref out, and he'd be like, and if you if you say one thing, fuck your mom, flag. say it it again all right now you're out (laughs) so you still get a you get two uh unsportsman likes so the coach Mm -hmm. can get one unsportsman like before he gets tossed and but our coach he's not even saying anything he's not arguing he's not asking for reviews and then he throws the challenge flag and burns the last time out we have and we don't get the ball back so what the fuck are you doing why why would you do that? Why would you blow your if we had not burned that last time out, we would have gotten the ball back in the fourth quarter with like 45 seconds and all we needed was three points. Why 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 would you 
I, I don't understand why you threw the challenge flag. It, it, it bounced five yards. Everybody can see it bounce. There's fucking lines on the field, and it bounced on one of those lines and not the one that it needed to bounce on. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't understand. What, what were you doing, buddy? So, I don't think he I, can even answer that question. So, like, I would just trust my defense. Okay, yeah, they're going to get a stop. I get to stop the clock one time, and then they're going to punt the ball back to me. And we'll get the, you know, we'll get the game. You know, we'll get a, you know, a little 30-second drill. I just got to get the ball to the 30-yard line, you know, throw it deep a couple times, go win the game. At least yeah, have a yeah. chance. But you don't even give your team a chance. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what goes through his mind. Like, I'm pretty sure at this point that Mike Leach's whole coaching strategy is just call the least likely play that the defense would be covering. Like, he just thinks, all right, third and 27, what play is the defense not going to cover? Or, like, what would be the stupidest play to call? I'll call that because the defense won't be covering it. Like, that's just his go-to. is just the shittiest play call in the world. I feel. What is Real. this? Bro, I don't know what's up with my dog right now, but she's bugging. All right. We'll be back shortly.